A Telltale Pod production. Daisy and the Trouble with Christmas by Kez Gray. With music by Aaron Kenny. Chapter 16 The trouble with taking the batteries out of your mum's torch without asking is when she goes to use it, the light inside the torch doesn't come on. My mum was sure I'd taken the batteries out of her torch, but I crossed my fingers behind my back and said I hadn't. The trouble with taking the batteries out of the TV clicker without asking is when someone turns the telly on, the telly doesn't come on at all. Neither do any of the programmes. Gabby's mum and dad were sure Gabby had taken the batteries out of their TV clicker, but Gabby crossed her fingers behind her back too and said she hadn't as well. That's the trouble with doing secret plans. You have to cross your fingers behind your back a lot. At first, we thought we were going to get found out about the batteries. But when our mums got some new batteries, we knew they hadn't caught us. And our secret plan was still working. Or at least the first bit was. For the second part of our Make Baby Jesus More special plan, I had to ask my mum to sew big pockets into my Mary's helper cloak. Why does Mary's helper need big pockets? My mum asked. To fit her camel and donkey food in? I fibbed. I'd been rehearsing that answer as well, as well as my other words too. Plus, I had two lots of fingers crossed behind my back this time. And guess what? My mum believed me. She really did sew big pockets into my costume. Which meant the second bit of our plan had worked as well. All we had to do now was smuggle the stolen batteries into school. The trouble with smuggling stolen batteries into school is you need a really good place to hide them. At first, we took them into school in our lunch boxes, but Mrs Baines, the dinner lady, saw them when I was having my yoghurt and made me tell her why they were there. I told her I had an electric lunch box and that the batteries were keeping my sandwiches fresh. The trouble with fibbing to Mrs Baines is, if you're eating your yoghurt, you don't have any fingers free to cross behind your back. So Mrs Baines didn't believe me. She said there were no such thing as electric lunch boxes. 
and that she would keep the batteries in her pocket until I'd finished my lunch. Luckily, she did give them back to me. Otherwise, part three of our Make Baby Jesus More Special plan wouldn't have worked at all. After that, we had to hide our batteries somewhere else. Gabby put her batteries in her pencil case because they were smaller than mine, but I put mine in my PE bag because I had four whoppers. Chapter 17 When the curtains went back on the school stage this afternoon, we were all standing in our costumes and ready to start the play. You should have seen how good everybody's costumes looked. I was wearing a blue robe with a golden rope belt around it, and on my head, I had one of my nanny's best tea towels made into a Mary's helper hat. Gabby was really excited too, especially as she was wearing her blue shoes. She had a blue robe with a blue belt and blue shawl and a blue hairband. Plus, Mrs Peters let her wear her own hair instead of a wig. Nishta Bagvat had a golden crown with rubies stuck into it. Harry Bayliss's three king cloak had silver milk bottle tops all over it. Daniel Carrington had a Joseph moustache to make him look older, plus a wooden hammer to make him look like a real carpenter. Liberty Pierce had angel wings made out of real white goose feathers. Fiona Tucker didn't have feathers, but she had six golden wings instead, plus a massive magic wand. All the Roman soldiers all had real armour made out of tinfoil, plus actual swords and cardboard daggers. And the Whirly Wonkers all had white t-shirts and cotton wool balls stuck to their balaclavas. Plus. The clapping from the audience sounded really loud. It was so exciting! I was standing on the stage behind a donkey and I couldn't see very much at first. That's the trouble with donkey's ears. If you want to see between them, you have to stand on your tiptoe. When I got up a bit higher, I could just about see my mum through the gap in between. She was sitting right in the front row of the audience, next to Gabby's mum and dad. I don't think they could see us, but we still gave them a really big wave. Once the clapping had nearly stopped, our headmaster, Mr Sturgeon, stood up with a microphone and thanked everyone for coming to see us. 
He said we'd been rehearsing for ages and ages and he was sure we would put on a very good Christmas show. Then he thanked all of the teachers for rehearsing us. Then he thanked Mr Benedict for playing the piano. Then he told everyone how to get out of the school hall if there was a fire. Then he said that if mums or dads wanted to take photographs or make films of us, they weren't allowed. And then he said our school Christmas bazaar would be on Saturday. And then he said he needed more helpers to help. And then his microphone stopped working so we couldn't hear what he was saying. And then the microphone started working again. And then he said that after the play had finished, the school was collecting money for the NSPCC. And then he sat down. That's the trouble with headmasters. They do go on a bit. While everyone in the audience was clapping and thanking our headmaster for sitting down, the curtains on the stage closed and Mrs Peters told us all to go and stand in our special places. My special place was right over to one side, behind Daniel McNichol. Then Miss Leems turned off all the lights in the assembly hall and everything went dark. It went so dark, everyone started giggling. Because it was so exciting! Then the angels started to sing the first song. The lights came on, the curtains opened again, and guess what? Gabby had to walk onto the stage all by herself! She wasn't shy or anything. In fact, before she told everyone how poor her and Joseph were, she waved with both hands to her mum and dad. Gabby looked like a really good Mary. In fact, everyone looked good. Nishta looked good. Bernadette looked good. Even Jack Beatrice looked good. If only baby Jesus had looked good too, then everything wouldn't have gone so wrong. Chapter 18 The trouble with secret winks is you have to be careful Mrs Peters doesn't see you do them. Especially if you're doing acting in a school Christmas play. Mrs Peters kept doing loads of normal winks every time someone remembered their words or did their acting right. But Gabby's and my secret winks were far more secret than that. Gabby did her first secret wink to me just after she got on her cardboard donkey to go to Bathlehem. Secret winks mean get ready to do our secret plan. I was absolutely ready and everything. In fact, 
I was so excited. The tea towel on my head had started to wobble. I'd learned all my words off by heart. I'd been practising them after school and in the bath and even on the loo. Behold, the King of Kings is born. That's what I was going to say in my loudest Mary's helper voice. I knew exactly what else I had to do. Plus I had all the batteries in my pocket to do it. All I had to do now was wait for secret wink number two and find a better place to see Gabby. The trouble with big shining stars is they stick up like donkey's ears too. Especially if Daniel McNichol is holding the pole and waving it in front of your face. In the end, I had to whisper to tell him to lean the pole on his other shoulder, otherwise I would miss my second secret wink. Gabby and me had five secret winks planned. Gabby gave me her second wink when she arrived at the inn with Joseph. Our third secret wink would be when the innkeeper took them to the stable. The fourth secret wink would be when baby Jesus was born in the manger. And the fifth and most special secret wink would be when she handed baby Jesus to me to take away. After that, everything would be down to me. A Telltale Pod production. Daisy and the Trouble with Christmas by Kez Gray. With music by Aaron Kenny. <laughs>